You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. The Sarah Tater, that he, despite the fact that he's so weak, and he was weak, the corona did affect him. Don't think it didn't. Um, but they said that at Shabbos, at the Suda Shabbos, I don't know why there were 10 people there, but uh, maybe they were in a different room or in a different area. He wanted to make sure that there was a, a Mazuman with Asara. He wanted to make sure that he benched with a Kos of Yayin. Um, it was very hard for him to eat the Suda, but he wanted to make sure that it was a Suda that was a Shabbos Suda without any um, vitur, without any compromises. Um they, and it seems that Rav um, Chaim is very makbid, even though he's not always in the great, sometimes sovel pain, he's always makbid, to sleep on the side. That's what it's, that's the way it's Paskin and Shulchan Aruch. And um, obviously he had to lie down a lot more because of his illness. Um so when his grandson and other people were helping him lie down, he noticed that he was not lying down correctly on the side. And he said, push me over. I want to, I want to be lying according to Haloch. I want to be in the bed according to Haloch on my side. Um, his grandson, who was named after his father, the great going the Stipler, Rov, asked him, the Stipler, asked him if he wants anything. He said, I want one thing. And this should be a zeros for all of us. I I want Gemara, Gemara, Gemara. That's what I want. I want to learn. And he didn't seem to have the energies that he had previously. But that's what, that is his whole mohus. Um, just to tell you a little bit more, uh, they took... It sounds like they were taking blood tests from him to test to see if he has still had the corona within him. Um, after they took blood from him, uh, he went uh, to wash, to eat something, and he saw that there was a drop of blood. And he said, that's kachatzitza for Natiwa Yedayim. So, as you can see, that he is completely, completely uh, the Ish Halacha, the Ish Hatayra. And as you can see, he wasn't Mevater. Even when he has been that ill, obviously it seems like he's he's getting better. Um, and uh, I just wanted to tell you that it hurts me so much that he was infected. Uh, I think it was a, it was a, I'll say it here and it's on the record. I've said it before. It's a terrible, terrible thing that they allowed him to become affected. I'm not surprised when I read about how he has been affected and how his greatness still shines through as, as the true Sarhatera. I'm not sure if this was a Shaila that was really asked or not. It sounds that uh, uh, Rav, Rav Dinur um, developed this question. You know, with people wearing masks, as you can see, and they, uh, hopefully they should, this man's mask, as you can see, I think he should lift it up a little bit higher on his nose. 
So let's say normally you're not supposed to snack when you're walking. What about when you have a mask on when nobody can tell? The the the, the heroes of not in the that's brought in the in Hilchas Edus or the Rambam not to eat b'shuk. How about if you're able because you're wearing a mask, you're able like to uh, somehow stick food into your mouth and nobody can notice. So he says if it's Corona, everybody nobody sees your mouth, so maybe nobody knows you're eating b'shuk. So maybe that's all right. So they asked Rav Chaim Kanievsky, he should be gesund Shaiwa. And he says, it's not about people seeing you. You're not at home. You're moving. The fact, even though nobody sees you putting food in your mouth, it's still wrong. And therefore, obviously, at night when no one's around, it's still the minig of a, of a boor. It's the minig of, uh, to walk around. Of course, today you see people all the time. Well, you know, uh, right? Coney Island, people walking around, they grab a hot dog, walking around with it and eating it. It's a very American thing, but, um, I- I'm happy to see that, that there are people that are still very mock, but on it. a question comes up about drinking Bishuk. Uh, and of course in Eretz Yisrael, this comes up quite a bit, especially as it gets hot. It's almost impossible. Avrami, you can uh, testify you were just there. And many others of you, of Moshe, who goes there often, it's very, very difficult sometimes, especially someone who's not used to the heat, to walk around in the street without uh, hydrating yourself. And I don't think that's really the question. The question is of having your nutrition. The question might be, what about, you know, grabbing an Agozi bar? And, and, and that seems to be, even though it's not a big sandwich, not a big hot dog or a big pita that, that, that you're eating, I would say that even that, oh, I, look, it would still, again, obviously, if you're very, if, if you feel very, very weak, and if you don't have it, something's wrong, but it would seem that, um, that in a gozi bar, or just like eating, that might also violate this idea of, of ochel bashuk. Um, uh, uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Isn't it the custom in Israel? I know somewhat in Eastern Europe as well, where I come from, to walk around. They make a little baggies out of sunflower seeds, and everybody walks around. It's so that would be a good public, question. That would be a question. Public, yeah, Popitas and everything like that. This halacha that you that it's domil kelev that it's not the way a Jew should act. That uh, people who do this, you now you could say Avrami and, and Moshe and others that are here uh, that. The minigas, that in other words, the Hanhoga has changed. In other words, Chazal wrote it at a time when the only people who would be eating Bishuk would be these Gravyongs, you know, the, these, right. these, these Bulvans. Right. Um, but maybe things have changed now. I, I, again, I, this would be a question. What would be the proper behavior? Um, yeah, uh, yeah, in that uh, case. Uh, uh, Rabbi Kivalevich, I'll tell you that I am, I am blessed with something. This is definitely Hashem's hand. I don't know how else to describe. I always have problems eating food that I have to hold with my hands rather than sitting at the table. Okay. My hands get tired. I really prefer to sit. I And the worst thing for me, I remember, was eating a falafel in Israel just by standing. And you have to hold the falafel. You have to, it's an acrobatic act. So I didn't even think, you know, as delicious as it was. It, so I think there's something right. to it. Sorry. It's a no, 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 no. That's a good point. In fact, the Maril, the famous Ashkenazi Posek, uh, writes that it's posture that you have to sit down 
after you make Kiddush, because you're not supposed to be standing when you're eating. In other words, when he talks about making Kiddush. So obviously, you know, that, that would even be, you know, let's say in a Kiddush room. That's not necessarily Eichel Bashuk. This is talking about Nashuk outside. Anyway, so this is a little bit of a halacha, which you could think about. Here's some stuff in Hilchus Loshon Hara. Um, we know that you're allowed to speak Loshon Hara with Tayelis, if it's for a benefit. However, Zohar says the only people that can be there, of course, are the people that need to hear it. And even though you're saying it with Tayelis, but you didn't, there were other people around who didn't need to hear it. In other words, you were saying it to someone who needs to hear it for a shidduch, for a business, uh, that he should stay away from this person for because he's got dealings with them. But if you are not careful to, to, to say it super privately, and you allow someone else who's not relevant to hear it, even though what you're saying was necessary to be said, you are over Israel. Now, um, the Chavetz Chaim says even further, um, let's say you mean it, Letayelas, you mean to help the person, but you're not sure whether he really needs to hear it. In other words, you, you don't mean it because you want to hurt the person who you're talking about. Ruvain is talking about Levi to Shimon. But it's not clear that it's such a toelis for Shimon to hear it. Chavetz Chaim says, that's a pshia. You, before you open your mouth, you have to be very, very careful. Um, also, let's say you write a diary. Um, you have a diary. And in your diary, let's say you're a Rebbe. And you write in your diary how this student was doing. Or let's say what you're doing is you're the master of the household. And you're writing down how the various workers in the house are doing. And you leave the diary open on the table. Now, when you wrote it, this was your private diary to know how this person is doing, whether you're going to give him a raise, whether he's going to, how he's doing. But if you put it open on the table, then you're a poshaya. And therefore, even though it's the other guy is Mr. Nosy Nose opening it, you're part of that Avera too. Because you allowed information to get out. Um, another uh, interesting question that was asked by, not the Chavetz Chaim, but by Rabbi Yamin Zilver, who was uh, known as Rabbi Yamin Atzadik, says, what about the following could also happen. Um, let's say you're talking to yourself. <laughs> you know, you're, you don't realize, once again, that there, there people might be around. You know, some people mutter to themselves. You know, they walk in the street, they don't realize, or they're walking in the hallway, and, and, and they're so frustrated with someone. And it happens to be when they're walking in the hallway, another person walks by and realizes that you're you're mad at the other person for what they did wrong. Once again, that's called Rabbi Yom and Zilver. That's a pshia. We have to be so careful about this. But now here's a real story from the Chavetz Chaim. The Chavetz Chaim was once um, 
And this is a story that comes from Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky had a number of incredible stories about the Chavetz Chaim. Um, uh, Rabbi Yaakov said that the Chavetz Chaim was walking with a Rav Choshuv, and they were going to perhaps uh, collect tzedakah or to free a person from prison who shouldn't have been in prison. And in order to raise the money, uh, they stayed by, they went to someone's house and it might have been a fancy type of house. And the food was, uh, they were being machabedis rabonim. This balabas was being machabedis rabonim with food. So the rebbitzin of the, the balabas of the house asked the rabonim, how was the food? The Chavetz Chaim said, very, very good. Um, the other Rav that was with him was sort of finicky. And he said, it, it was good. Taco was good. Uh, you know, the soup could have used a little more salt. Chavetz Chaim turned to the Rav. I'm not sure if everybody was around. And he said, And now, You've said Loshon Hara on the cook. I have charata that I came with you for this trip because I've tried to be so careful on, on, on Loshon Hara since I've written the Sefer Chavetz Chaim. Well, yes, I'll tell you why. Because even though you just said I need a little salt, I'm telling you, the wife is going to go to the cook and she is going to lash into her that she didn't put enough salt in the soup. And you know what's going to happen? It's going to it's going to cause her pain, and she's probably going to get fired because of what you just said. And that he told the other of that's what lashon hara is, because by what you just said, that's going to be nezek and sar to the cook. So the other of says, Rebbe, look, I know you're mak lashon hara. Maybe I I, uh, I wanted to be truthful, but. But don't you think you're over, this is a little bit of overkill? Don't you think this is a little bit exaggerated? So the Chavetz Chaim said, let's go take a look in the kitchen. Let's go over there and look. So they went, they they walked over there. And Chavetz Chaim was a short fellow, so I'm not sure. I guess he looked, he peeked into the kitchen. And they saw that she actually was in the kitchen in a state of anger against the cook. And, and, and saying, she's firing her. And the cook was crying. Um, according to the uh, end of the story, Rabbi Yaakov said, that Rav, what he did was, he, he went and begged the Balabosta. In fact, um, he actually tried to invest other monies uh, in order that the Balab- that, that cook should be able to get a job somewhere else. And he actually went out of his way to do that. So that's a little bit of uh, Hilchus Lashonar and how careful you have to be. Um, let's now talk about Hilchus Yomtev, which is really the uh, the topic. Um, many Rishonim hold its usher on Shabbos uh, to, to uh, sweep now, obviously, in the time of the Rishonim, homes did not look the way they looked today. Now, but that is what the Shulchan Aruch was speaking about. The Shulchan Aruch was talking about in its time, 
when it was written in the 16th century. And there were still homes like Abe Lincoln's house that he grew up in and many, many other people up until about 150 years ago that had dirt in their houses. That's the, the floors were of dirt. So the one sheet is because by using the broom, your maze is the offer. The other is, right, it might be muksa. Or you're creating a guma in in the ground. And that, even though it's only drabonon, it's called bona. Now, another shita holds that it's worse than that. It's actually a daraisa. Because even though you don't mean to make it, you know what's going to happen. Because you know that by sweeping in a dirt-filled room, the gumos are going to in the, in the in, are going to be filled, and you're going to have a flatter house, and that's called binyan. So obviously, based on that, you can use a broom in today's homes where it's carpeted or it, it's a wood floor, or whatever your pergo, whatever you have, doesn't have offer. Um. So. That, of course, is means that that halacha, people could go and sweep. Now, there are Rishonim, though, that say that even if your floor is nice and concrete and there's no, it's level, some say that you can't sweep here because we're afraid you might start sweeping here as well. And that is the Ramoz Psak. And as you can see, he says that's the Minig B'nai Ashkenaz. Now, that Psak, as you can see from the Mishnah Bura, as we're going to read now, that would be in the time where, yeah, look, it's unusual. He has uh, some area here that is that is clear. But today, most of the homes on the inside are uh, carpeted or wood or something. Um, and there's no gumos. So, however, the shuch, it's brought down in halacha from the modern poskim that you should use a soft broom. A broom, because there are some brooms that some of the... Uh, the strands break off, so it shouldn't be a psikresha. Now, um, if you would be doing it outside, like let's say outside your house, and you'd be sweeping your driveway, so there, according to the Ramah, since you can see right here you have the ground, you w- it would be usher to, you have an Erev, obviously you can walk outside here, let's say you have a gate here, according to the Ramah, it would be usher to sweep your driveway. Um, because most people, right, um, so that's really some of the question. Some say, if, how about your patio? Um, if it, if it's, if it's a direct, if it exits right out of the house, like here, some say that, um, it's, it's, it's mutter. Even the Ramah should say it's mutter because it goes straight into the house. So this might be a question about sweeping outside where there is uh, earth that's nearby. Ashkenazim, Sephardim probably could be Mekel, Ashkenazim might be Usr. Um, 
the reason Avrami is asking about the driveway. The reason why the driveway might be a problem is because it's right near the karka. So we're afraid that by sweeping here, the Ramos says we're afraid that if, that if you're going to sweep a karka she'ena mishutefes, that you're going to go into the karka mishutefes, right? So that might be a problem according to the Ramo. Because here you are sweeping here, you might end up sweeping over there as well. Um, okay, so that is some of the Shulchan Aruch today about now sweeping. Uh, we talked about sweeping is also a problem, perhaps washing. What about pouring water? Um, so the um what about pouring water on the floor? Could you do that? So Lakhora uh it's part of the same Easter of sweeping, it's part of the same thing of cleaning. So Ostra Lishtov Kam Karkam Rutsefes. Mishum Shiivu Hitirushtifas Karkam Rutsefes. So you might feel that you can pour water other places. However, um, it could be that, and you can see here, So in terms of washing floors and washing the backyard, that seems to be the postkim are more machmer than sweeping. Um, and it could be, again, because it might be Libun or maybe other things. Not 100% sure why, but it sounds like washing your uh, your floor or your, or your driveway might be also, even according to the Sephardim, I'm not sure, but that's what it seems from the Mishnah Bura, um, from the Dirshu. One last thing here. Um, you're allowed to shecht behemis on Yontif. Because it's Eichel Nefesh. Um, the Makoma Shebehem Rova Behemas Mizgalot Lachash Kitos and Kitrefa. Let's say you're discovering that you've, you, you, you're, you're shechting and shechting, and the Shochtim are discovering that many of the animals, by, by doing Bedika afterwards, by blowing into the lung, they're finding out that these, it sounds like this herd has a lot of trephas in it. So that would mean it would be Osir to Shech, the Bahamas. Um, even if it's a Chumrah. But since you're not going to use it and eat it, so therefore, uh, if, 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 if the herd that you're dealing with has these problems, I guess until you, you, uh, the Chazaka comes back, There'd be a problem to shecht. Now, um, and again, I don't know how long it will take. It might take a couple of weeks, whatever it is, of regular shechitas to discover that whatever it was, it's not a problem anymore. Now, that's what it says, that's what it talks about in, 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 in the Shulchan Aruch. But the Midag Yisroh, for hundreds of years, is not the Shech Be'emes Anyantif, even if the herd has not been producing trephus. And the reason is because we're worried. 
Mechshash Shema Behemoth Tzkala Ketrefa. Even before refrigeration. Today, there's another reason. Because you, you, it's very easy to keep fresh meat. The time, 400, 500 years ago, you, it was hard to have fresh meat. Especially in a two-day yontif. So the reason why Klal Yisrael started being machmir was because they didn't want to come to a situation where it could turn out that the shochet is bodek, the animal turns out to be treif. And that's the reason why Chazal, that's the reason why the Minhoge Yisrael was to take on this Humra. Again, I didn't do my research. I'm not sure if in the Sephardi communities, that's the way it was. But for hundreds of years already, despite the fact that it's in the Gemara, uh, there has been a kpeda on Shechita. And especially today, there's obviously very little cause to have to shecht an animal on Yontif. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.